Okay, I'm gonna share this on here, actually, because I was gonna share it with you. Stuart, Stewie, Stuart. So Anna and I have a common friend? Question mark. Mutual friend. Yeah. Yeah. Or mutual friend. Yeah. I it's assume we're friends. Are we friends, Stuart? Yeah. If you listen, this will be a test to see if he really listens to this. Right. Stuart, if you listen to this, then you're actually loyal. If not, what are you doing? Fake friend. Fake friend. Okay, so Stuart is a big part of our lives um anyway but he and my husband meet pretty often to just have bible study and do stuff together and um Stuart gave is big into books he's a big book person like giving out books and recommending them and stuff and he gave my husband this book called praying the bible by donald s whitney and it's a pretty short book it's only got 10 chapters and they're pretty short um but it's about a method that you use to pray through psalms um, like all the psalms and everything and and it's really good it's super easy the method is that he talks about and he talks about why it's so important to pray the bible and um then he also talks about like the benefits that people um who do this um experience like um how they feel after what it was like for them um when they try it the first few times and the difference in their lives that it makes like in their prayer life and so i have read it and my husband is reading it and I'm well I think I actually technically didn't finish I think I have a chapter left but anyway no I don't no I did finish okay no I did finish sorry anyway um my my husband is also reading it and we've done this method and it to me is like a game changer um for my prayer life Hmm. um because even though prayer is just as simple as having a humble heart and going to God and just talking to him and yes that really is what it is like that that is all it is um and we should do that um, this is just talking about how we get in this rut where we pray the same old things about the same old things. Yeah. And he, you know, I'll say one point that he makes toward the beginning, um, before he shares his method of this. Um, and it is, um, how it's okay to pray about the same old things because our lives don't change significantly from day to day to where we have all these different things to pray about all the time. But it's whenever you're saying the same mundane things about those same things. Mm-hmm. And so it's like if you come to God and you're like, God, please, um, I don't, I don't know, I don't have an example, but God, please, um, I pray this specific thing for this person's life. And then you come the next day and you say the exact same words. I pray this specific thing for this person. I mean, you just say the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Um, you know, it does get kind of boring, and you really don't want to pray as much after a while. You're like, it's boring, you yeah. know. And prayer should not be boring. Prayer is extremely important. And why would give a, why would God tell us to do this and to talk to him if it's going to be boring? And so it's, it talks about that. And then um, he goes into the method. But anyway, and it's a super easy method. And it's very just like, like I just pulled out my Bible this morning and opened up to Psalm 30. And um, my son was eating breakfast. And I usually read scripture in front of him for breakfast. Not Well, not every day, but, I, you know, we do it at least once a day. It's not necessarily at breakfast. Yeah. Anyway, and um, I prayed through scripture with him, and I've made a point. But then since I read this book, it's changed my way of praying the scripture um, in an easier way, and I don't have to think so hard about it. And so I just opened Psalm 30, and I just started praying through Psalm 30 this morning with my son, and that was our time together with God. And, um, you know, anyway, so it's just changed a lot about my prayer life, and so I thought I would share it with you guys. 
I was just going to share it with Anna, but then I started recording and forgot that I hadn't shared it yet. So I was like, well, maybe this is God's way of saying I need to share it with whoever listens to this. But yeah, y'all should read this book. It's really short. Yeah. Wow. Okay, there's that. <laughs> right, that's the podcast, guys. See you later. Okay, you want to introduce us what we're doing? Hello, friends. We're back today with our series on love. Um, and today we're going to be talking about how love is not arrogant or rude. Mm-hmm. So we're trucking right along. So, Anna, what was your first verse? Oh, are you starting with me? Yeah. Um, the first one that I found was Psalm 10, 4, which says, In the pride of his face, the wicked does not seek him. All his thoughts are, there is no God. So, God literally is love, right? We've determined that um, in this series. So, like, when you're reading 1 Corinthians 13, like, you can put God's name in everywhere where it says love. Mm-hmm. Um, so God literally is love, but those who are arrogant cannot experience love because they love, AKA God, because they do not seek or acknowledge it mm-hmm. or him. So ignoring God is foolish. When we say we have no need for him, we're only fooling ourselves. Um, I guess I like the word foolish today or when I was working on this. Um, but just the fact that it's talking about in the pride of his I don't know. In his pride, the wicked does not seek God. And I think there's so many people out there who are too prideful to acknowledge their need for a Savior. Mm. And they're missing out on the love that Christ has for them as a result. And they're also missing out on showing others love properly around them as a result. Um, Even for Christians who know God, like we still ignore him sometimes, right? And like we might not be saying like there is no God. Um, But if we're not seeking him... And if we're not, like, placing our thoughts on him and spending time with him, then we're not going to love each other well, and we're not going to love God well in the way that he intended us to. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just, I don't know. Don't waste your time ignoring God and not seeking him. Yeah, and I think that's good. I think also when I read this just now, sorry, my laptop, I need to, I forget to turn down the volume. And, um, <coughs> no. Actually, I don't know if that would affect that. Anyway, okay. Um, What I thought of, though, when I was reading this with you also just now, it makes me think of all of the lost people out there who have this mindset of, I don't need to depend on anyone. I just need myself. And so that shows the pride because they don't want to seek God. They don't want to seek anybody's help. Even they think that they can just do it all on their own. Mm -hmm. And I know that's kind of similar to what you were saying, but I was just, I'm not going to say who or anything, but I was just in a situation with someone recently who... She kept having to reach out to a couple people here and there to help her get through some things or for, you know, yada, 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 whatever her situation is. And, um, but then she also kept saying, I just want to do this on my own. I just want to show people that I don't need help and then Mm. I just do it on my own. And I literally told her, I said, but here's the thing. I believe that we were created to need each other. Like we can't be on our own. It's not possible. And so if you like... If you get that mindset in your head, like, I, I, that you can do it on your own, even though you can't, you know, that's just going to put up this whole wall of pride that it's just, you're just going to fail. Yeah. Because you can't. Like, we're not designed, God created us to be there with each other. Like, he, we need relationship. God is one that is relational also. Yeah. So, like, you have to seek God to be, like, you can't live without God. You can't live without others. And so, if you're too prideful to, like to face the facts that you do need someone, well, you're going to be lost. Like, yeah. <laughs> you you can't succeed at anything. 
Well, that's so good and that's so true. And I don't know. Just don't be arrogant. Yeah, don't be. <laughs> That's the podcast, y'all. <laughs> oh, we gotta talk about rudeness too. But. No, I know. I just it's <laughs> it seems simple, and it's not always simple. Mm-hmm. But that is why we always have to be seeking Christ, like continually, because mm-hmm. otherwise your pride's gonna creep up in there, and your arrogance, and you're gonna start thinking that you know better, or yeah, I don't know. And then it's just, it's not good for anyone. No, it's not. Because then you end up just falling and it just affects you and everyone around you. That was good. Okay, well, since you were talking about that, I wasn't going to do this one first. But I think I'm going to. And I don't remember why what you were saying made me think of this. Maybe it'll come to me as I read this. It's just the Holy Spirit. Yeah. (laughs) So all these others, I just had a normal observation. But this one, I actually had an observation, but I liked the commentary that I read on it. So I'm going to read that, Um, but it's the only one I think I have a commentary for, and it is 1 Samuel 2, 3. Okay. Okay, it says, talk no more so very proudly. Let not arrogance come from your mouth, for the Lord is a God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. Okay, so this is um, 1 Samuel 2, 3. So this is Hannah, who is Samuel's mom talking and in chapter one of first Samuel is talking about who Hannah is and how she wanted a child and all this stuff and she told God if you give me a child I will give him back to you and I will bring him back to the temple or wherever and he will serve you in this place and so she was literally going to have a child just to physically give up her child Mm -hmm. like and it talks about how whenever Samuel this is just some context for anyone who doesn't know this story um and it also just shows humility because you'll see that in a second. But Hannah literally weaned, once Samuel was weaned off of her from like breastfeeding, she literally went back to where she was praying at the temple and like gave him physically over to them for them to raise, like the men in the church or whatever to raise. Yeah. And he worked there. And so she literally didn't even raise her own son. Mm-hmm. She just wanted God to bless her with that gift and so that she could bless God back with that gift. Like, I can't imagine that as a mom, like, giving my kid literally away, you know, for God like that. And, like, I should be able to do that because he's God. But yeah. that was just crazy. So, that just shows that she was completely humble in that way. But also, so that's just a little backstory for you. That's the context. But so, for First Samuel chapter 2, this is Hannah um, praying to God. And this is her prayer, basically. Well, this is part of it. So, you just need to read that chapter. Or, I think it's verses one through something. I can't remember. Anyway, but the this commentary over it from BibleRef.com, um, I just really liked um, how they said what they said, so I'm just going to read it. It says, Hannah has declared that none is holy like God. No deity exists besides him, and there is no rock like him. Now she turns to speak, apparently, to all those who might read or hear her words, including those reading this song today. She tells us to stop speaking to each other and about the Lord with pride and arrogance. Once we establish in our minds the great holiness and power of Yahweh, God of Israel, our self-glorifying pride should melt away into humility. How much can we possibly know in comparison to the one Hannah calls the God of knowledge? When standing before him, we don't Sorry, when standing before him, we won't be able to use intellect or clever perspectives to talk our way out of judgment. He knows everything and he will weigh our actions based on his perfect understanding of all things. The only response is to speak and act with humility. Mm. This is often described as the fear of the Lord. 
So my favorite part, well, there was a couple parts, but one of them was once we establish in our minds the great holiness and power of Yahweh, God of Israel, our self-glorifying pride should melt away into, mm-hmm. into humility. So it's basically just saying, you know, this whole thing was basically just saying um, a really nice way. I liked the way that they worded it, but a really good way of saying how we just need to remember that it's it's our mindset and heart set that you know, we are nothing compared to God. Like, he is literally the creator of all. Like, yeah, he literally created every little detail of every little thing and every big thing. And so, who are we to, like, think any, you know, how are we to think highly of ourselves in any way without him? Yeah. You know, I just really liked what they said in that, and it was just good. So, I know that was kind of long, but it was just really good. And then it was talking about... um the, the only response is to speak and act with humility. This is often described as the fear of the Lord. And um, then I'm going to go into my next verse here because it talks a little bit about the fear of the Lord. Proverbs 8.13 says, The fear of the Lord is hatred of evil, pride and arrogance, and the way of evil and perverted speech I hate. So it's basically saying, that's the ESV version. If you look in the NLT, it's more, it's a little more um, like, has simpler terms but it's basically saying the fear of the lord is hatred of evil so if you fear the lord you're going to hate all evil and then it talks specifically about pride and arrogance and how if you really do fear the lord with like and you pursue him then you're going to literally hate mm-hmm. pride and hate arrogance and so if we truly pursue god we will have that healthy fear of the lord do you have a verse on that this goes right into my next cool one. So look at this go whenever you're ready yeah okay so when you hate something though like you don't want to have anything to do with it so like for you know if you think about when we start to think highly of ourselves or we start boasting about ourselves or you know if someone compliments us on someone when we know it was really god doing Mm -hmm. it but we take the credit for it those moments like in that moment you really like that high praise you know of yourself or whatever but you know if you are pursuing god consistently and then you will have that healthy fear of the lord and fear meaning like you are aware of who he is and what his power is and what he's capable of and all these things like and you fear him and because you oh sorry there was a loud noise um anyway and if you do have that then you're gonna not even want that praise like you're not gonna want to accept that praise from other people yeah you're not going to want to you want you're gonna want to praise god for what they're praising you for yeah you know like you're gonna hate that pride you're gonna hate that arrogance and i really feel like that seeps into rudeness too because you know we're talking about rudeness next like even though it doesn't say rude in the Proverbs eight thirteen verse, you're gonna hate being rude because you know that's not of God. Like anything that's not of God, if you have if you pursue God, you have that fear of Him. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna like anything that's not of God. Yeah. So anyway, no. And well, before I move on to mine, um, I do like that at the end of verse First Samuel two verse three, where it says like, "For the Lord is the God of knowledge, and by Him actions are weighed." Oh yeah. And so because God is the one who weighs our actions and not us, like we don't weigh our own actions, we don't weigh other people's actions. Um, that takes away any need for pride anyway, mm-hmm. right? Because when you leave it up to God, when you place it in God's hands, you're not going to be comparing your actions to someone else's actions, Yeah. right? Instead, you're going to be like, okay, well, I know what God told me to do, and I don't need to compare it to what other people are doing. Because um, whether you're putting your, like, I mean, both, and it goes both ways, whether you're putting yourself down or building yourself up, Neither is glorifying to God, mm-hmm. right? And specifically, like, pride is not glorifying to God when you're looking at someone else's actions and being like, well, you know, they might have given this much of themselves, but I'm giving this much of myself. And right. like, that's so much more than what they're doing. 
Um, instead, when we just allow God to weigh our actions and what we give to him, that takes away any need for pride. Mm-hmm. So That's a really good point. But no, my next one is, um, I'm going to have to look it up, sorry. James 4, 6 through 7, and then verse 10. <laughs> and it's kind of like in the context of um, James is talking about worldliness and how you need to, you know, stay, put away worldliness. Um, so, and then he's talking about how God um, is like a jealous God. And then it goes into verse 6, which says, but he gives more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Uh, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Um, And then verse 10 says, Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you. Um, And I recommend reading all of James, because it's it's all good. But those are just the verses that stuck out to me. Um, And so Sarah was just kind of talking about how, like, that was literally like my application from verses 6 through through 7. Love resists arrogance. Therefore, God resists arrogance and the arrogant people. Like, Mm -hmm. and arrogant people. He literally says... Um, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So because God is love and love resists arrogance, that means God also resists arrogance. Mm. So, um, this means that we must also resist arrogance, which is of the devil, Mm -hmm. which like, again, James says here, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So if we're going to be truly loving and if we're going to truly follow after Christ, we must like literally resist arrogance Mm -hmm. and like resist those prideful thoughts and feelings that come up. Right. Literally turn away from them. Yeah. Humble, humble yourself before the Lord. He tells you to do the opposite, like not just resist it, but you need to like literally make yourself humble before the Lord and he's the one who will exalt you. Which also goes back to First Samuel, where he's talking, mm-hmm. where Hannah's talking about how the Lord is the one who weighs our actions. So, like, yeah. humble yourself before Him. Don't worry about what other people are saying or doing. Yeah, like we need to worry about our relationship with Christ and what we're doing before Him. Um, we need to humble ourselves before Him and resist arrogance and pride. That's good. Okay, so my next one is Luke eighteen nine through fourteen. And this is just, um, this is a parable that Jesus tells. And so I, as of right now, don't have any observations on it. I just really wanted to read it and then let the Holy Spirit do what he wants to do for the listeners. But then if Anna obviously has something to say about it, um, then we can discuss it. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. Luke 18, 9 through 14. This is the ESV. He also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. Two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed this, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, extortioners, Mm -hmm. sorry, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. I guess I do have an observation, actually. (laughs) So, as I was reading this again out loud, um, reading it out out loud does does help sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know, the, like, specific part that stuck out to me this time was whenever the 
Pharisee was saying, um, I'm not like this, I'm not even like this tax collector, like the adulterers, yada, yada, yada. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. And so he's telling God of all these good things that he does Mm -hmm. because he wants the glory for those things. But God literally says in scripture that we should not, if you're doing something, do it in private and do it when, do it in a way that no one knows that it was you doing it. Yeah. Like, so obviously he's not being godly at all because he's wanting credit for stuff that he should be doing for the glory of God to show God's love and not his own glory and love. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, all throughout it's me, 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 I, I, I. Yeah. Like, I've done this, and I've done that, and I'm not as bad as this person over yeah. here. And, like, oh, man, so this book that I was talking about at the beginning of the podcast makes a really good point that we know, but then once you actually, like, think on it, and, like, if you read content, like, this book over prayer, you know, it's a good reminder of this, how God, like, prayer is not about us. Mm-hmm. You know, e- even prayer should be about God. Even if you are, like, praying for someone's health or praying for a friend or whatever and and what you're praying for should still be somehow glorifying god Hmm. you know like everything that comes out of our mouth should glorify god and that includes what you're praying for Hmm. and you know if if you have the holy spirit inside of you if you are saved then the holy spirit is also your prayer partner he guides you in what to pray for he guides you according to what god's will is and the closer and closer you get to god like the closer in relationship you are with god the more godly things are going to come to mind into your heart when you do pray. And so what's going to come out of your mouth is going to be, you know, exalting God, even in your prayer life. And this guy, this Pharisee, shows that he didn't really have a close relationship with God at all. Right. You know? But the tax collector is very aware of his sin and how awful he is. And that shows a lot of humility. Anyway. Anything else on that? You ready to move on? No, you said it all. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> okay. All right, what's your next one? Um, well, Proverbs 11, verse 2, which says, um, When pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with the humble is wisdom. So, I mean, that's pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. Um when you're prideful, when you're arrogant, you're going to only bring disgrace to yourself. Like this tax, like like the tax collector did. Um, and like so many of us do when we um, have a spirit of pride. Um, but if, again, if you humble yourself, in that is wisdom. If you humble yourself before the Lord and tell him, like, God, I'm nothing without you. I don't know anything apart from you. Like, I'm so, you don't have to put yourself down. You know, right. Like, you don't have to be like, I'm so stupid, I'm so this. Because, like, but if... <sighs> Just acknowledging your need for him. Mm-hmm. Right? Being like, without you, I, I can't do anything properly. I can't... Because we can't. We can't function properly, or we can't function the way he wants us to without him. Right. Um, and so, with that comes wisdom. I don't know. For, I mean, the publican versus the tax collector here is a, is a really good example of that. That's publican as a tax collector, the Pharisee and the tax collector. Um, <laughs> a good example of that. And that um, because the tax collector humbled himself before the Lord, he was justified and therefore, like, he gained wisdom. And then also, wisdom comes from the Holy Spirit, right? He's the one who guides us and who comforts us and who convicts us. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so I like what you said, Amanda Gostera, about the Holy Spirit being your prayer partner. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're seeking Him, when you're putting away your pride and coming humbly before Him, He's going to grant you wisdom and show you what He wants you to do. Yeah. Which is pretty cool because we don't deserve that. Truth. Okay, what do you have left? The last one is Philippians 2, 3, mm-hmm. which says... Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Mm, Yeah, I know that one, yeah. So, just putting others above yourself, right? I mean, I'm sure y'all have heard, if you grew up in church or at any point in your life, you know, think of the acronym JOY. Jesus first, and then others, and then yourself last. And that's Mm -hmm. how you can have true and lasting joy and peace. But it's true. Um, Place others above yourself. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. Um, and instead draw from humble yourself before the Lord draw from his love and his strength so that you can go out and be selfless in your love and action towards others count others more significant than yourselves yeah I mean you can't yeah it's pretty straightforward too but it's just it's true I have one more, actually, that I forgot about. Proverbs 16, 5. You know this one. Everyone who is arrogant in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Have you heard that one? Yeah. I thought so. Yeah. Be assured he will not go unpunished. I don't even know if I have an observation on that. It just is <laughs> so, like, it's like, everyone who is arrogant in heart is an abomination. Yeah. To, like, I don't want to be an abomination to the Lord. That's, like, literally the last thing I would ever want for myself. I don't know. That's my observation is I would never want that. So, just remember that. (laughs) Yeah. Don't be arrogant. Yeah. Others before yourself. Humble yourself before the Lord. Yeah. Man. Okay. So, moving on to rudeness. I just very quickly looked up. I know everyone pretty much knows what being rude is, but I did this for arrogance, too, and I just forgot to read it. But I looked up the definitions for both just because. Just because. But, root. Oh rudeness or i guess i should have looked up rude i put typed in rudeness oh well rudeness is lack of manners discourtesy and then rude is offensively impolite or ill-mannered have oh yeah so that's it okay so anna do you have a verse on you said you have a verse on rude Mm mm-hmm okay um it's probably the one that a lot of y'all might think of but ephesians 4 31 through 32 which says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, again, it's just, it's very straightforward. Put away all your rudeness. <laughs> yeah. Well, and instead choose to be kind to one another, because God gave, God forgave you. Like, he mm-hmm. gave his only son to come down and die for you and like take all of your sin upon himself so like why can't you therefore turn around and be forgiving of others and don't like and and not how can you not put away your bitterness and your anger towards them yeah and your rudeness mine was actually ephesians four twenty nine. oh yeah let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. Hmm. 
so I actually, so this Bible study that I do on Monday nights with this one girl, Brooke, she and I were talking over, we were going through Ephesians right now. And we just talked about this not that long ago. And we were talking about how, I was not even talking about what a lot of, well, how do I say that without being rude? <laughs> because we're talking about rudeness. <laughs> there are just many Christians that um, unfortunately always think that when God is talking about in his word about any kind of corrupting talk, they're talking about curse words. Hmm. But here's the thing. The, all of the curse words here that like list them off, like most of them are not even in the Bible. So it's not even talking about those words specifically. Yeah. You know, um, anyway, this is talking about anything that comes out of your mouth that is corrupt. This does not have to be the F word. This is, this doesn't necessarily mean the SH word. This doesn't mean those words. I mean, it can mean those, I but it also is just anything that is not building others up. Yeah. That is corrupt. If you're, if I'm saying something and it's tearing Anna down, it's not building her up in any way, then corrupt talk is coming out of my mouth right now. Yeah. And that's rude. I mean, that's just straight you being a jerk. Yeah. Like, you're being rude. Man, this is, this make, I tell my kids at work all the time, I'll be like, you need to stop your being rude. Yeah. <laughs> I do. Like, I'll be like, yeah. don't be rude to your friends. And that's, that's funny because I use that word all the time, but like. Yeah their favorite time to do this is at lunchtime and like they'll sit there and they have this one little boy in particular he'll just call his friends names he'll be like mm. you're a poopy head and he just thinks it's funny it's just random yeah yeah and i'll tell him like, and that's you need to stop being rude to your friends right now yeah like i don't know but it's it's true like he's he's saying he's only three but he's saying these words that aren't building his friends yeah. up right and that, that are making them upset well apply that you know to your adult lives as well i mean if you're saying these words like out of anger or bitterness just to say or them. pride. Or pride. Yeah, trying to put someone down to uplift yourself. Like, just don't say them at all. No. There's no need to and say And we're them saying this as people who have struggled with this in the past. Like, we're, you know, we're not oh, perfect. Yeah. No, I was going to say, and there's still times when I catch myself, like, not necessarily, I, I don't think I would ever say them to the person, but, like, mm-hmm. there's times when, you know, conversation can get to a point where it's kind of, um, shifting to be gossipy and I have to catch I was, myself yes. and be like mm. I was literally about to say um this is also corrupt talk would be gossiping because mm-hmm. that's a big one for a lot of people um probably most people and even if it's not all the time that you struggle with it but then every, there's just that one person that you struggle with talking bad about them yeah. behind their back you know uh man and gossip is like in my opinion one of the worst and most toxic things mm-hmm. in any relationship it does not matter if it's your spouse. It does not matter if it is your friend. It does not matter if it's an acquaintance. It doesn't matter. Like, you could literally be standing in the line at Walmart, and it's your turn to pay, and the person in front of you is being annoying toward the clerk or whatever, and then you get up to the clerk, that person left, and you're gossiping about that person to the clerk. Yeah. Do you know what you're doing? You're making it okay. You're you're making it... You're, you're saying, okay, well, I am a Christian, yes, and I'm going to boldly and proudly say that. But then you're over here, I'm and I'm over here gossiping with this clerk about this random stranger I don't know. Yeah. When instead, I could go up to them and say, I'm so sorry that you had to go through that. I hope the rest of your day goes well. Yeah. That is much better than saying, man, she shouldn't have done that. Yada, yada, yada. Can you believe? Yeah. yeah. Like, and can you imagine, like, gossiping about that person with that clerk and that it's still going to be on their minds all day and it's going to ruin their day possibly. Yeah. But then if you just say some kind, encouraging words, like, you know, validate what they just went through. Say, hey, I noticed this and I'm really sorry. But then you encourage them. They might have one of the best days of their Mm -hmm. lives because you encourage them. Yeah. So just flipping what you say a little bit, you know. Man, corrupt talk. (laughs) 
I Go think ahead. it can be hard um, not to shift into that, especially like in friend groups, right? If, oh yeah. If you're group, if you're friends with a bunch of people, I I just have noticed like. And especially as women, I mean, let's be, I'm not saying men don't gossip too, but I just yeah. know that I, women in particular have a hard time with it. We um, get more in our emotions. Yeah. I, the average woman versus the average man. Yeah. I'm know. not trying to stereotype one way or the other, but I am just, I mean, but yeah. also I am. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I would just, I'm not saying I'm perfect at this either, but just caution you to be very prudent when you're discussing someone who's not there, like who doesn't right. have me there that night. Um. I will say there's a difference between being like, I noticed that so-and-so has been kind of off lately. Like, how can we help her? Yeah. Right? Or how, like, have you noticed too? And like, what do you think we should do about it? And when you even say those things, you need to check your heart first. Yes. Because if you're just saying those things to sound like you care about their well-being, but you, but you just want to talk bad about them. Yeah. Don't do that. But if you check your heart and you get right with the Holy Spirit. I was going to say, ask the Holy Spirit. Be like, hey, Holy Spirit, is this a conversation I need to have right now? If it is, like, guide my words. And then obey him. And And I'm only saying this because I recently came across a situation like this where I really felt like I needed to say something to some other friends of mine. And I was like, should I? And I was like, okay, Holy Spirit, if I need to, like, just give me the right words to say. And that conversation wound up going really well. And so... Just, and yeah, and through that, you could really through that that could be really encouraging for the person that you could have just gossiped about. Right. But since you went about it the right way, it could really encourage them spiritually to do better and grow closer to God. Right. Yeah. It's really yeah. Gossiping is so easy to do, yet it's also in not every situation, but in a lot of situations, it's also really easy to do the opposite and not gossip about someone. Hmm. You know, and to do something that's more encouraging. Right. You know, but we don't think about that in the moment because it just seems easier to just gossip about them. No, it does. But. And it's, again, it's easy because your emotions are high and you're just yeah. like, well, they just did this to me and blah, 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 you know. And yeah. We want that validation, too, from others. Like, yeah. Be like, oh, my gosh, I know. And, like, it's, it feels good, especially, like, when they, <coughs> excuse me, like, hype you up in that. Mm-hmm. But that's not right. And that's very rude towards that person, too. <coughs> Sorry. That's okay. <coughs> And gossip often comes from a place of pride, right? Yep. Like, you're gossiping because your pride was hurt. Yeah. Like, you're like, oh, well, they, they said this to me, and, like, it just really hurt my feelings, and so I'm going to go and tell so this So I have a right to it. go to this yeah. person. Yeah, you don't have a right, by the way. <laughs> you're like, none of us do for that. I had one more. I don't know what my observations are on it. Are you okay? I'm sorry. Do you need some water? Mm-mm. Okay. Thank you. I'm sorry. It's okay. I had one more um, about rudeness. It's kind of... mm, I mean, I don't know. It's Titus 3, which is what we've talked about before on here. Um, 3, 1 through 2. It says... Well, it's really verse 2, but... Um, it's kind of in, like in the middle of a sentence when you the start of verse 2, so I'm going to read it all. Remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, and to show perfect courtesy toward all people. So this is, you know, this is Paul writing to Titus. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to remember all the context of it, but he was telling Titus to remind the people in the church... Isn't that what it was? Yeah. Um, to do all of these things. So to be obedient, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling. So, um, yeah, to be gentle. So I think really with the rudeness, you could say, um, where did it go? 
Speak evil of no one. Um, be gentle and to show perfect courtesy toward all, toward all people. Um, those are the three main ones I feel like for mm-hmm. rudeness. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Um, just something to chew on as you go through the day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's pretty straightforward. I, and we've already kind of covered all of the things that I can think of. Yeah. But just another verse to add to your list of verses over it. Is that good? That's good. Cool. That went well. At least on our side, it went well. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's something that's really been on my heart. We don't have a lot of people who listen to this podcast. I mean, we have, for just starting out, it's not bad, you know, but um, and I'm grateful for all of y'all. And it's not about the number of people, but it is kind of also about the number of people, not in a selfish way. Um, but, you know, as Christians in the Great Commission, you know, mm-hmm. we are to go out and teach to all nations. And, you know, I'm not saying this podcast has to reach every nation. Would that be awesome? Absolutely. With the YouTubes, you know, reaching all nations, would that be awesome? Absolutely. But I really don't care if it reaches all nations. But I do want it to reach more people because even though I may not always word things the best way, I know that the Holy Spirit is speaking through me mm-hmm. because I'm not going to hit record if I'm not in my right heart set. Yeah. And um, so there's something that someone can get out of these, and I know that for a fact. So, if you are someone who knows us personally and you're not sharing it, what are you doing? <laughs> Just share the dang podcast. But also, if you don't know us, or maybe you only know one of us and not the other, um, thanks for listening. But please, share with somebody. Even if you, you don't have to even say anything. Just say, hey, my friends have this podcast. Or, hey, I've, if you don't know us at all, you know, I've been listening to this podcast. Or I just listened to this one. I don't know about the rest. But this one that I listened to, I agree with. And thought I might share it with you if you just wanted to listen to it. You know, and you don't mm-hmm. have to pressure them into listening. Just send it to them and see what happens. God will do the rest. But if you don't share anything, and not even just this podcast, but whether it's like a book recommendation or a Christian book that you read or something that changed your life or a verse that you read that day or whatever. Or I mean sharing the gospel, period. Or just sharing the gospel, period. Yeah, mm-hmm. sharing God's gift of salvation, whatever. You know, if you're not sharing that with anybody, then what are you doing? Why are you, like, I'm not trying to sound judgmental, but because I've been there myself, but... Now that I've grown closer to God and I do pursue him consistently, you know, right, you know, I go through seasons. I'm not perfect at it. I'm just saying, like, as where I'm at right now in my relationship with God, I look at others who have done what I've done and I just not sharing at all. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, what's the point of saying you're a Christian, you know, and you're not doing what God is telling all of us to do? It's literally your calling. That is your main calling (laughs) to share God with others. So whether it be this podcast or our YouTube videos, or a Bible study thing that we put up on the website, or maybe an Instagram or Facebook post, or maybe it's someone else's Christian podcast or whatever. It's not just us. It's everything. Share. Share it with them. When you listen to an episode, think of one person. I challenge you, think of one person and share it with them. When you watch one YouTube video, think of one person and share it with them. Even if it has nothing to do with their life, to your knowledge, if they're on your mind, God's putting them on your mind for a reason. Mm-hmm. Just share it with them or at least say, hey, how are you doing today? What can I do for you? And who knows? They might start talking to you and you're like, oh, I watched this YouTube video today. Let me share it with you. It's about what you just said. Like, there's so many things that you could do to share God's love with others. So, if you're not doing that, start doing it. <laughs> Amen. Okay. So, that's all I have to say. It's just been on my heart a lot. Um, thanks for listening. Bye. <laughs> um, oh, if you're listening to this, we have our first blog post up. Ah! So, and Anna is doing that. So, 
every other Wednesday. Is that what we said? Yeah. Every other Wednesday right now is going to be the blog post. Um, yes. Or when she puts it up. Anna's a busy girl. Yes. So so am I. That's why we only do the podcast every other month, too. Yeah. Or every other week. Okay. Um, deuces. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs>